everyone. Welcome back to the True Crime Guys podcast. I'm Lauren. And I'm Michael. How we doing, people? Surviving out there with the COVID crisis still going on? Yeah, the on? second round. Second round of COVID. Don't forget about that. COVID's still going on. Wear your mask, Yeah. People. Yeah. It, I don't know where to go with it, man. I'm, 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 trying to, I'm trying so hard to do my part. It's still hard. What do you mean, do uh, you just wearing a mask? Because it just... just no, I mean, not, it's not hard to wear a mask. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all about it or whatever, but I'm saying, like, just how long do we quarantine for? How long are we not going to live our lives? Because how long is it going to be until we have a vaccine or we have a real answer? How long it's going to it? be, it's going to be till after the election, of course. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And you, and also you hear a lot about these tests and how they're fluky. A lot of people are taking them, they'll go positive and then the next day they'll take it another one and it's negative or vice versa. They take one negative yep. and then the next day it's positive. It's just like, well, that would, that would make sense. But our case this week we're actually, we might be coupling this into next week as well, or maybe even beyond. We're going to do like a little mini series on not so lucky lotto winners. I love this idea. So people that win the lottery. Yeah, I thought it'd be a kind of fun concept. People that win the lottery and then and within a year they're dead, whether they were murdered or they spend all the money and it didn't bring them the happiness that they had always imagined and they end up uh, committing suicide. We probably won't focus so much on that side, but more on the murder side. Right, right. I think the suicide thing probably happens more often than we know because so many people that that play the lottery constantly, at least the people I know that are that are constantly buying lottery tickets, it's just, you know, you look in the floorboard of their cars, just scratch off after scratch off and shit. Like those people <laughs> their life's in shambles right, and they're just they're, hoping for something to change. Yes, it. and they think that that money is going to change everything. When they and then once they do get it, if they ever get it, they're not equipped to deal they're with not equipped to deal with it. They don't know money. how to manage it. And not only that, they realize that their problems are much deeper. You know, they don't have any self-confidence or maybe they're just not happy at their job or, or what they've done with their life or what their yep. what their skills, what their talents are, what they contribute. They realize it's nothing other than money. Now it's just money. You know what I mean? How often do you see um, uh, really affluent kids, you know, coming from really rich families and stuff and they, they develop a, a drug problem? in their teenage years mm-hmm. and they're depressed and they're on uh, antidepressants and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's just because it's like, it's not just the money. You also need a sense of, um, like you've accomplished something, right. you know, you need, you need to, that, that's truly what makes, I mean, it, obviously there's a certain level of money that everyone needs to be happy because you need to be fed and you need to have a uh, shelter and, and things you want like to feel that. Secure. But beyond that, right. yeah, beyond that money goes very, doesn't go all that far. It's more, having a purpose in your life and things like that. Right. When you start buying all these extra extravagant things, your your happiness bar starts to drop pretty quick, I think. It spikes your dopamine temporarily, but yes, then but your the overall, next day it's like, okay, what next do I have to buy to spike that dopamine exactly. again? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And then it takes more and more to do it. It's like using more and mm-hmm. more of a drug. You know what I mean? You yeah. you 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 uh, get more and more of a tolerance for it overall. So it's yeah. like, oh, if a, if a new, you know, Maybe a new dirt bike made you happy before. Now it's going to take a new truck, you know. And then then it's like, oh right. well, I need to, I need a new house. Oh, I need more land. Oh, you know what? I think I might get a private plane. You know what I mean? It just it escalates and escalates. And then with these lottery winners, it's not like they have money coming in. They're not business people. Yeah, you most know? of the time they take the lump sum. <laughs> right. Take a huge Which hit. Which is smart. And that though. gets taxed. You, and- you need to take the lump sum, I think, because what if the lottery goes under before you get paid out? You know what I mean? Right. I'm not saying I wouldn't. Right. Because, I mean, most of the time, the lump sum should be more than enough to live the rest of your life if you're not completely stupid with that money. Right. But usually, the people that win are. Well, it... Because usually, the people that win are the type that play lot- the lottery all the time, and that's their ticket. That's that's their way out of their shitty life. And, you know, like... Yeah. I've bought a couple in my life, and it was mostly when I happened to be traveling through an area, and a lot of times, the person that I'm with wants me to get one. I'm like, I'll get one, too, whatever. Right. You know? Uh, but, yeah, the people that go and stand in line and, like... That's that's their that's the only way they're ever going to be happy is if they hit that lottery, you know. So that's not a good way to live your life. You can control your own destiny in many ways if you just work hard at things, you know, as opposed to just depending on just a fluky thing happening to make you happy. Yeah, no doubt. Or you know, I know it's hard to do, and it's money management, dude, is impossible. You're you're somebody who's good at managing money, in my opinion, Lauren. But I think the majority of people have have a hard time with it, like. But I, I thought of this idea. I thought of, I, I told a friend of mine once because he would buy twenty dollar lottery tickets every week, right? So I was like, I was like, dude, instead of buying twenty dollar lottery tickets and losing twenty dollars, I was like, why don't you buy a 
$10 lottery ticket and just save the other $10 and just keep doing that. And yeah, and see yeah where you're it's at. like, it's just a small step. Like you don't have to like uproot your life. That's not going to happen. I think that's what people, like people listen to one Dave Ramsey concert, I mean, concert, you know what I mean? Or uh, like recording or TED talk or whatever it is. And they automatically think like, oh, okay, now I know what to do with my money. And then they're just going to flip their life upside down and just stop buying all the things that they love and, you know, saving everything. Yeah, you got to find a balance. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's a slow process into learning how to manage money, I think, and learning how to say no and learning how to uh, not buy things just because it's a deal. I think that's a... I think it starts with analyzing yourself and, and thinking about what we just talked about. What it, What is it about this thing that I'm... I'm looking forward to Am I living my life just uh, grinding away at work so that I can buy the next thing? And then when I buy that, it keeps me happy for about a week. And then I then have to find next said thing that makes is going to make me happy again. Yep. Am I sitting around going to work every day at a job I hate so that I can save up and buy the new iPhone that's coming out in November or whatever? You know, like that's really analyze like, is this a good way of living or should I find some stuff like a new passion or a new hobby or something mm-hmm. that, that, that actually makes me happy as opposed to just buying things? You know, right. that's a way that Amer- American life is very much like that. Right. It, but um, and, Speaking of America, uh, happy 4th of July, yeah. by the way. That was yesterday. <laughs> happy 4th of July. So uh, to all the American listeners yeah. out there, happy 4th. Yeah, happy 4th. It was, uh, it was but, a uh, much different 4th of July. Definitely uh, no lack of fireworks here in my People let loose with the fireworks this year, God didn't they? almighty, <laughs> they did. That was all over the country. It was like record sales on illegal fireworks. Jesus People were just Christ. like letting out their frustration Bro, I watched, in the air. I watched a fire show, a fireworks show in my driveway. A neighbor across the street, yeah. man. I could just I, I couldn't see his house, but he was on the other side of the woods, and I just saw fireworks just shooting up all damn night. Me and me and my son just sat in the driveway and just watched them. That's one perk to you guys having all the moisture is it's not as much of a fire as got here. Oh, we already yeah. had just a huge wildfire last week. And then it was 4th of July, and it's just like, Uh-oh. oh, boy, here we go again. Were there any fires that you know of? Um, I, other than small contained ones, okay. I, I think there was nothing nothing crazy. The wildfire just now got put out that, that happened last week, and that was pretty that was pretty scary. It got to like 5,000 acres, and it was just raging. God, damn. Uh, but they got it contained. The wind died down. It was really windy that day, so it just started spreading That like wind crazy. is brutal. It can, it can be, man. That desert wind. Yeah. So, I, so, yeah. I totally underestimated that, that desert wind. But yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna get one start if we continue this 13 minute <laughs> intro here. <laughs> so yes. let's dive into it. So uh, as we mentioned, we're gonna do a little series on uh, not so lucky lotto winners. But uh, we, we plan to do a mashup episode and have just have like a bunch of instance, instances where that occurred, where someone won the lottery and then was murdered shortly thereafter right. out of greed. Uh, and then so I was gonna do this mashup, and when I started doing the crime line, the first case I picked that was supposed to be a part of the mashup was so good and so detailed. It was just like, this has to be a whole episode. No doubt. So we'll do, we'll do this case. And then next week we'll see where we're at. If we can, how long we're going to continue this. I don't know. Next week might just be a mashup of a bunch of them and then we'll be done with it. Or we could continue doing full on cases depending on how much material there is. So right. let's dive into this one. It's pretty interesting. All right, let's do it. It's the bottom of the ninth. And you've got two strikes, do you need? Okay. I watched Cedric shoot them. I was in the room. It was a drug deal lot. It went bad. And the guy's name is, uh, uh, something. I, I just found it out. But I'm telling you, Cedric took the gun and in cold blood did not even hesitate to shoot the man. And I've seen it happen. My son RJ shot Abraham twice. Abraham was trying to choke me. RJ walked in the room, grabbed my gun, and shot him. He was only protecting me like any son would do. So where do you want to go to? It don't matter what I'm in. I'm not a picket person. California. You want a foreign country? Cozumel? Hmm? Yeah.
Well, how do you like, how do you like, are you gonna miss your home? Yep, I miss it, but life goes on. All right, our case this week, uh, episode number one of the Not So Lucky Lottery winners, was a, a guy named Abraham Shakespeare. What a great name, dude! Seriously, that's a great name. Like, you got the you got the uh, the religious Abraham name, and then you got Shakespeare, right? Father of nations, Abraham, and then the father of words, Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> At least the I think he has the most documented words, like to a single person, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But I think he's like the, mo- the he's got the most or the earliest documented words. Combination of names? No, like just wor- just I have a I actually I just bought a book not that long ago. I've been doing it some of it in the palate cleanser on Strange and Unexplained, but it's called mm-hmm. Brush Up on Your Shakespeare. And I was amazed at how many words Shakespeare was the first one to pen. Like, not saying he made them up. He may not have made them up. For all we know, he had like a little writer's crew that were coming up with these words. But they're, I mean, they're words we still use today. A lot of them. Yeah. How prolific was that guy, dude? It's incredible. I was looking into him last night, too, just kind of like studying this case and hearing that word so many times, Shakespeare. I just kind of was like, you know, I hear so much about Shakespeare, but I really don't know much about him. So I was just kind of reading his Wikipedia page a little bit. Man, prolific as hell. Just That's what I'm saying. What one person accomplished in his life. Dude, he ran the market. But still, to this day, is almost brought up on a daily basis in conversation, you know, by anyone. It, <laughs> yes. Crazy. It is. It's incredible. And to think that this guy might be a descendant is pretty cool, right? I mean. Yeah, I guess. He might be. I didn't think about that. I, didn't, I mean, it's, it is the last name, so yeah, who knows? Yeah. Spelt exactly I mean, the same too. You go back oh, no, far wait. enough, we're all you go back far enough, we're all related, really. Yeah, well, of course. Well, technically, uh, Shakespeare has an E at the end of his name, and I don't think oh, Abraham okay. spells it with an E at the end. But anybody could have dropped the E. Those little like back in the day, man. Back in the like eighteen hundreds, last name. Pretty much just like, got whatever. to pick your names, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how good of a speller are you? You know, not not many people probably knew how to spell their own name or or had to write it out often. So I think yeah. that's where all these all these different spellings of names that sound the same. I think that's a lot of how that came, you know? I miss those names where it was like your profession, like shoemaker, you know? Yeah, blacksmith. Blacksmith, yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I don't know, I can't think of another one offhand. <laughs> but, <laughs> or, or what about like all the, uh, you were just named after your dad, like Johnson, Jackson, uh, <laughs> Donaldson, you know? Right. It's just, you're just, you're just Donald's son. I'm more than just my dad's son, all right? <laughs> I'm Jack's son, the third. Thank you very much. All right. All right, so let's dive into Abraham Shakespeare, who uh, was very lucky in one moment of his life, and then things quickly turned. He was born April 24th, 1966, in Lakeland, Florida. He shares a birthday with Barbara Streisand, Cedric the Entertainer, and Kelly Clarkson. Uh, Dude, what a crew. group of entertainers there. That's a good good group of entertainers. Seriously, very I'm going to go Cedric. I like, I like, I like comedians. Dude, I got to like, go Cedric. Uh, more down to earth, right? He, Barbara, though, I mean, great in her own way as, an, as, an, as a performer and entertainer. Right, right. Just, yeah. Yeah, I just, Cedric is, with the name, like, Cedric the Entertainer, it's it's so fitting because he really is entertaining no matter what he does, whether he's on, mm-hmm. like, a game show or in a movie or doing stand-up. The dude, he's just, you can tell. It's just, like, wherever he's at, people are probably listening to him talk. You know? Right. He's just one of those people. Yeah. And taking a, bit, a page from the book of the whole, just making your last name what you do. He's just like, he, no one even needs to know his last name. It's just Cedric right. the Entertainer. That's my last name. That's brilliant. <laughs> That's br- <laughs> God, we should all do that. Hey, dude, me and you me and you be the same family. We'd be like Michael the Podcaster. Michael the Podcaster. Yeah, <laughs> Lauren the Podcaster. God, that would be so douchey, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it would. <laughs> dude, if you like at a, a random party and people have, have never met you, and I was like, I'm Lauren the Podcaster. Like, oh, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> just immediately turn and walk away. What the hell's a podcast? I don't understand why no one likes me. What's going on? <laughs> oh my god, so true. There are people like that too. Like it's like they've been podcasting for like a month and it's just like they won't shut up about it. Yeah. Well We well, didn't tell anybody. We we still don't tell anybody we podcast. I still have family members who have no idea that I have a podcast. Right. No idea. <clears throat> 
But uh, that's because there's just too many now, and they're just gonna they're just gonna assume it's shitty, you know. Oh yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah, I just don't tell anybody. They're lost. Yeah, if you find it, you find it. <laughs> exactly. So um, uh, we don't know. We don't have hardly anything on Abraham's childhood. Um, so we're gonna begin in 2006 when he was 38 years old. Um, at this time, he was a laborer that lived in a working class neighborhood in Lakeland, Florida, where he grew up. He had at this time at 38 years old, he had no car, no driver's license, no credit card. Um, he'd grown up in Lake Wales and spent time in the homes of, uh, in, in homes for juvenile delinquents. So you can it's safe to assume he had a pretty rough upbringing, just right. judging by his where he was at at 38 years old. I don't think he got a whole lot of help from his family or or anyone. Um, yeah, and he had made some like bad it. decisions. Yeah, um, he had a, yeah, he had a, a long criminal record. He uh, mostly loitered. He also drove when he wasn't allowed to drive. As we mentioned, he had no driver's license. There was also an assault and a theft on his record. He had went to prison twice. After he got out in 1995, he he was living with his mother. So life wasn't going all that well for him. And he's kind of one of those examples where I think he was kind of just scraping along and hoping that he would hit the lottery kind of, you know. Yeah, that's and what it one seemed of the very, like. Very, very rare one of the very rare instances where it actually happened. But he also didn't seem um, like he was incredibly unhappy with his life either. I mean, no. he yeah. was he was kind of content. I think he accepted it for what it was. Yeah, exactly. He he was like I may never hit the lottery, but and that's fine, but I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, people he was really well liked by people he knew and people he worked for. Right. Very well liked. And he was very as we see, he becomes very generous after he wins the money too. He's like he's become a good a good dude. Right. You know, I I got that vibe is that maybe he'd made some mistakes, but he still had a good heart. Yeah. Well, he knew what it was like to struggle, you know. Yeah. So he oh, wanted no to doubt. help people out around him. So at this time he was um unloading trucks, washing dishes and any other day labor that he could find to make a buck, even like sweeping up at a barbershop, become good friends with a barbershop owner who plays a huge role in this case. Huge role. Huge. Um, yeah. So on Wednesday, November 15th, 2006, Abraham and a coworker named Michael Ford were headed toward Miami after making a few deliveries. This was, a, as I mentioned, a Wednesday. So it was a working day for him. They were out making deliveries. They stopped briefly at a Townstar convenience store in Frostproof, Florida to buy drinks and cigarettes. Ford got out of the truck and asked Shakespeare if he wanted a soda. Um, Shakespeare instead asked Ford to buy him two lottery tickets. He said that he paid Ford $2 for the tickets out of the $5 he had on him that day. So two bucks, two lotto tickets. Yeah. Um, he only had $5 on him, and he was using uh, almost half of it for the lotto tickets. Right, but he did pay Ford back for the lotto tickets. He paid, well, he paid him on the spot for, right. the, for the lotto tickets, and he, you know, Ford didn't want to pitch in. He didn't, there was no agreement on, well, if you win, blah, blah, blah. Like, it, he paid up front. It's, uh, the, people have an argument if they buy a lotto ticket for you and you hadn't paid them until after the ticket was bought. They have somewhat of an argument that they stake claim to some of that. Yeah. But you give them the money up front, and they buy the tickets for you, and you, there's no agreement made prior or whatever. That you have no claim to that money unless they want to feel generous enough to give you some just because. And honestly, you know, if there's no agreement beforehand, I still don't think you have any claim. I mean, even if right. I mean, even if you bought it, I mean, if there I mean, I don't know. I know there's there's a kind of there's kind of some blurred lines there. I know there's been stories where people have been waiting in line and then they let someone go in front of them and then they buy the lottery oh, ticket and then they buy the winning <laughs> ticket. That's happened. That's happened. Actually, I think that happened um we had a big winner in South Carolina not that long ago, and that is exactly what happened. They even showed oh, the uh, they even brutal. showed the footage um, on the gas. They showed the gas station footage of the gentleman letting yeah. this lady in front of him. It was an older lady. <laughs> he lets her in front. She buys the exact oh. same type of ticket that he was gonna buy, oh. and she won. He was like, "Son of a bitch!" But I think she yeah, ended up. You know, up, like if you're that lady, money, you gotta. Yeah, you have to, right? Yeah, she I gave him know. some. Like, money. I definitely would. I, I'm not saying I'd give him half, but you know, I'd give him. I'd give him a good chunk of a life changing amount. Yeah, because he was he was cool about it. He just went on the news and was like, "I can't believe that happened." He's like, "I'm happy for." Her. He's like, I was just trying to do the right thing. And He's like, I'll never be fucking generous again. No one's ever getting in He's front like, of me in line again. Right? He's going around slamming doors in people's faces. Fuck you. Right. <laughs> he don't give a shit anymore. You know what happened last time I held the door? <laughs> I lost $30 million, you piece of shit. All right. Yeah. I heard a story. I heard a story. Uh, I think it was like a Vegas-centric story um, where this couple uh, were, were gambling at a casino and the, the, they were playing mega bucks. She was kind of standing there watching her husband play Mega Bucks, and he was betting three dollars a hand, like you're supposed to, because if you if you bet any less, you you get 
almost crumbs compared to the the full, you know, however many millions it is if you hit mega bucks. Right. Um, and so he's betting three dollars a hand, betting three dollars a hand, and then he has to go to the bathroom. So he tells his wife, you know, keep playing. Just make sure you keep playing three dollars a hand. Supposedly she started playing one dollar and it hit, and oh. he came back and just like decked her off the seat. <laughs> oh my god! Because they won like a hundred grand as opposed to like fifty million or whatever it would have been. Oh shit! Yeah, it was a huge difference. I mean, I've hit. I've uh, I gamble here and there, and I've I've hit uh, Royal Flush a, a couple times, and both times I was playing a quarter, and it's more of a kick to the gut than even getting excited because it's seventy dollars as opposed to a thousand dollars. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a big. But difference. that being said, I don't know if I would have hit the royal had I had I been playing a dollar twenty five. I probably would have already been out of money by the time the royal came. Or I think it lowers your odds the more you're playing too. So oh yeah, they got they got a system. They got it worked out. Those casinos didn't they didn't build themselves. You know, they got built <laughs> off the backs of no. people blowing their money. You see how so, gorgeous those casinos look. Yeah, there's right. a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, but Abraham um, gives two bucks to his coworker who goes in and buys him two lotto tickets. The next day, one of Abraham's tickets hit. It hit the $30 million lotto. Um, he chose the one-time $17 million payout, which after taxes, he said, was about $11 million. Clearly a, a life-changing amount. Of, you should never have to work again. You should be able to just about have anything you want with that amount, as long as you're not stupid. You know? Right, you know what right. Because I mean? you I could mean, just live off the interest. Even just half of, yeah, if you put half of that in an account, you could just live off the interest. Yeah. A very, very good sum of money every year off the interest and Absolutely. still have a bunch of money to play with. You buy a house cash, which he did. Yeah. You buy a few toys, and then you live off the interest, and you go travel the world and whatever you want to do. That's there plenty of money. Whatever the hell you want to do. Yep. Um, so, yeah, the next day he won that that money. He, he was seen on stage with the big check. Um, and uh, one of his employees and friends, Greg Smith, the guy that we were kind of uh, men- briefly mentioned, who owned a barber shop, who um, Abraham would work for regularly. Kind of, he would come like daily and clean up, clean up the barber shop, sweep up the hair and all that stuff, take out the trash for a little bit of money. Um, Greg Smith, who owned that barber shop, said that uh, as we mentioned, Abraham would come and clean up, and he said that he saw Abraham help out many people in need with uh, with the newfound wealth that he had gotten. So friends and family members were, were seeing Abraham just immediately, without second thought, doling out money to anybody that would ask, pretty much. He was very generous, because I think he'd known what it was like to struggle, so anybody he couldn't say no to anybody, you know? Exactly, exactly. Oh. And he doesn't need it. He knows it's just him. He's like, how am I even going to spend all this? Right. You know? you just It's enough money for a whole lifetime. It's enough money for a few lifetimes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, if, like you said, if spent right and managed right. So he wanted, sure. to, he wanted to change some other people's lives around him, which you can't blame him. Yeah, so here's an example. He gave his stepfather $1 million. He gave his three stepsisters $250,000 apiece. He paid off $185,000 of a mortgage for a friend. He paid off a $60,000 mortgage for his buddy Greg Smith, who owned the uh, barbershop. That was for Greg Smith's mother's uh, uh, Her mortgage had gone into default. And Greg came to him and asked if he could help out, and he wanted to pay back. He wanted a loan. He didn't. He had gone right. to the bank for a loan, and he couldn't get it because he had bad credit or something. And so all he wanted was a loan, and he was going to pay back Abraham. And so he actually, even though Abraham was willing to just, he just wrote him a check and gave it to him. Greg's like, I want to draw up papers and and make sure that I pay you back for it. Yeah, they got um, it done right. So, but that was rare. I'm sure everybody else just kind of took the money. Oh no doubt. Like, oh yeah, I'll pay you back, <laughs> yeah, bro. Sure. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. This verbal agreement is so <clears throat> binding. <clears throat> yeah. He also paid off a $53,000 mortgage for a man out of the neighborhood who he'd been knowing for years, quote, unquote. Um, amazingly, Abraham, even after becoming a millionaire, would still come to Greg's barbershop and sweep the floors, even picking up pennies and putting them in his pocket. <laughs> saying, I love the interview yeah, with I'm Greg a millionaire, but talking about that. <laughs> right. He's he like, said, you better put that penny down. Get your ass out of here. <laughs> <laughs> right. He said, yeah, I'm a millionaire, but uh, pennies turn into dollars and dollars turn into millions. <laughs> Yeah, Greg. Greg was great, man, and and you can understand that 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 was just a habit that Abraham had, you know, just being thrifty, yeah. being conservative in that way, mm-hmm. you know. That that's just well, yeah, that was just a way guess of what? life. If he all it took was uh, picking up a hundred of them pennies to get that lotto ticket for a dollar to get him yeah. seventeen million dollars. Hey, know? there you go. That's one way to look at it. Right. Yeah. Um, so, but it got to the point with loaning out all this money where he actually told his brother, "quote I'd been better off broke." I thought all of these people were my friends, but then I realized they just want money. Yeah. So, yeah, he's seeing for what it is. Um, and for himself, he would end up buying a, um, 
a house near Lake Wells that had been seen only once, and he rented it some, to some friends that he'd only met once. So that was just another favor. But mm-hmm. he does go on to buy himself a $1.1 million home in a gated community with a 6,500-square-foot house on it that inclu- included an enclosed pool and a two, car, two two-car garages. He also bought an F-150 and uh, a 2007 BMW 750i. So nice. went out and bought a brand-new F-150 and a, and a Beamer. Nice. You know, but that's pretty okay. – for himself, I mean, that was pretty – that's – not over the top. That's that's not crazy. Haven't. He's got his bases no. covered. He's got his stunting car that he's going to take out on the weekends. He's got his truck to work on the property. Is it? Got a beautiful crazy. home, which is always a good investment, you know. Right, and I'm sure the Paid cash for it. And I'm sure the home had some property, you know. Oh, it was a gated community, so it was a neighborhood. But the house was 6,500 square feet. That's yeah, insane. it's gorgeous. That's that's beautiful. Right, Jesus. Um. And of course, Abraham was sued three months after he bought the house by the man who uh, had he had given the two dollars to buy the lotto tickets. So this, is, this seems like it's always reoccurring. Whoever, never just go buy the lottery tickets yourself. Uh, if you if you are the type that played the lotto, don't give someone right. money to go buy because you're going to inevitably end up in court trying to basically prove that that person has no claim to your money. Right, and also if that person goes in, then they I guess they have some some sort of an argument. Even if you give them the money, then they're going to be like, "Well, I selected that ticket for you, or I right. selected that specific <sighs> scratch off. You told me they're always going to have a reason why." Right. Right. I, I let a I'm person su- in front of me who bought the losing ticket, and because I let them in front of me, I won the. I got the winning ticket. And, and if you got, if you had gone in, you wouldn't have let that person. Then you know some bullshit like that. Yeah, it's yeah. always gonna be some reason. There's always some bullshit. I'm surprised he didn't give Michael Ford something though. He probably didn't like a guy. Maybe the guy was a douchebag. <laughs> who knows? Well, why would you trust? Because he gave everybody money. money. Huh? There's there had to have been a reason why he didn't give him money. Maybe because right away the guy, maybe as soon as he won it, maybe the guy was already harassing him, and it just out of principle, he's just like, "Fuck I, you." That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. That very next day, he was probably like, he probably called him and was like, "Hey, Mike, guess what? When are you going to give me my half?" With that, and then he was like, "Oh, really? Did you? You mean the ticket that I picked? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah, see if he would have just been played it cool, maybe maybe Abraham would have hooked him up. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the, the winning ticket cl- uh, claimed Ford was his, and the money, or at least what was left of the money, should be his too. So yeah, it sounds like that was the case, where he was just demanding right away, like, that's my money. Right. Um, the courts, however, sided with Abraham, but um, of course the appeals dragged on and on, and they would continue on until after Abraham was even dead. That was the one kind of uh, funny part about it on Ford's part, is like, yeah, you ain't getting shit now. No. That was the one bright side to what eventually happened. But yeah. um, now after a, about 11 months after he won the lotto, Abraham met a woman named Dee Dee Moore. Dee Dee oh, uh, was That bitch, Dee Dee Moore. Oh, boy. Dee Dee. That's, that's going to be our, new, that's our new, new meme. She's the new Carol Baskins to me. That bitch, Dee right. Dee Moore. <laughs> Dee Dee could be, you could put Dee Dee in place of the Karen thing that's been going around. Dee Dee's another one of them names. It's like, ooh, Dee Dee. <laughs> oh, Seems like Dee Dee, this is one of those names where it's like a high probability of being a uh, right. not very pleasant person. Yeah, she ain't waiting on her food too long. Let me just tell you that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if you're a Dee Dee that's listening right now. You could be one of the good Dee Dee's, but right. there's a lot of bad Dee Dee's. Yeah. Um, so Dee Dee uh, at the time was running a successful nurse staff, uh, staffing agency in Lakeland and tells Abraham that she wants to write a book about him and help him manage his money. Um, so this, uh, to me, already sounds bullshit. very fishy. Sounds very fishy, right? Yeah. You just meet this woman, and all of a sudden she wants to manage your money? Like, come on now. And After also, you won a lotto. if I'm Abraham, I'd be like, you want to write a book about me? Uh, I mean, right. why? That was just her in, dude. Exactly. But I mean, Abraham, as we know, he was not He was not highly educated. He was on the on the fringe of illiterate. He had a very yeah. hard time writing or, or reading. Right, um, which plays a role in this case as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, she just saw a guy who had won a lot of money, who was a little gullible, not the most uh, educated person, and she tried to take advantage of it. Absolutely. Um, so she would go on to launch a business with with uh, Abraham called Abraham Shakespeare LLC, giving herself control of the firm's funds. She then withdrew one million and bought herself a Hummer, a Corvette, and a truck before going on vacation. She later claimed that the money was a gift from Shakespeare. Really, so, you know what does Abraham Shakespeare LLC actually do? You know, <laughs> that's what I couldn't understand. Like, I'm like, it what? funds DD Moore. That's what it does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what is your market? This is, it's not even a pyramid scheme. It's just you just took someone's right. name and put LLC at the back so you could be a part of it. 
it's a talent scouting agency, and it found oh. its number one client in Didi Moore. She's very talented, and oh. she needs a lot of funding. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. For her lav- lavagant life, <laughs> lavish lifestyle, right? Which she deserves. I got you. Right, of okay. course. Um, so Didi convinced Abraham that she was doing the best for him. While within six months, she had managed to transfer ownership of his home and bank accounts to her own business. She also made a home video in which she asked him if he was tired of people asking him for money and if he was going to miss home. So yeah. I, I think the video wasn't found until later, but it had it been seen prior to him disappearing, it would have really pointed fingers at her. Cause she's sitting here and basically saying like, "Oh yeah, you want to get away, right? You're tired of everyone wanting money. You need to get away. You need to get away, Abraham. Now that I've got all your stuff and you don't really realize it, it's yeah. time for you to go on vacation and just kind of disappear." It's funny because in that video, Abraham's just like, "Would you leave me the fuck alone?" It looks like he's like trying to program yeah. this new CD player. Like he has he has one of those <laughs> he has one of those CD so players right. with the with the speakers on the sides, you know, that you have sitting yeah. up on your dresser, and he's got the remote and he's sitting there like messing with it. And he, just the whole vibe of his body language. He's just like, leave me the fuck alone, would you? I'm trying right. to play disc four God here. God damn it, why'd I let leave this me- woman into my life? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Can't even listen to my damn music. Oh, right. Yeah, that, that was so staged. You're right. It was just obvious questions. He was trying to put words in his mouth. And you can't even really clearly understand what he says. He's so not into it. That you can't, right. you barely can understand him. Like I had yeah, to like max out lighting. the volume. You can't even see his facial expression really. Yeah, I had you to like see max. like the eye roll. Like, what do you want? Yeah, exactly. Like I said, his whole demeanor was just like, leave me the fuck alone, please. Yeah, it was weird. <clears throat> and of course, it's around this time after she made that video saying, "Are you going to miss home?" That Abraham disappears. However, his family didn't really. Um, they they, st- they didn't get worried right away because, of course, Dee Dee was leading them on. Right. Um, his family had last seen him. Um, in person in April of 2009. However, he wasn't reported missing to police until November that year. This was because all throughout that year of 2009, Dee Dee had been leading his family and friends on, telling them he was on elaborate vacations. He was here, he was there, he was down in Barbados or Texas or wherever. Mm -hmm. He was just traveling around, getting away from people that wanted to take his money from him. Meanwhile, she was shaking down everybody that he had lent money to. She's going around and, and harassing them, saying that he wants his money back. Right. Yeah, and Abraham would never do that. No. He wasn't doing that shit. He didn't care. He might have been annoyed, but he wasn't the type to go, you know, shake them down. He still had plenty of money. You know, it's funny. Um, And maybe he just would have gotten a little bit more careful about who he gave money to because it was dwindling fast. Yeah, maybe. But you know what? When you listen to, like, Greg, his his actual friend that owned the barbershop, when you hear him talk about it, he's like, Abraham gave this money here. Abraham gave it here. Yeah. Gave it here. And then you don't even realize, you didn't even start learning that all this was quote unquote loaned until Dee Dee got mm. into it. Right. It's almost like Dee Dee told him like, whoa, 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 why don't you just give these people loans and we'll keep track mm-hmm. of all this. Now, who did you give this money to and how much? Whereas before he was like, I still got millions left. Like I don't, it, at least that's the vibe it seemed like. From his, yeah. from Greg, it seemed like he was giving the money away. I mean, Greg wouldn't take the money; he wanted to do a loan, but mm-hmm. it seemed like everybody else, everybody else was he was just giving it to because most of them were family members: his mom, his stepdad, his brother, his sister. He's not loaning that kind of money to them. I mean, no. Let's be realistic; it would take them their whole life to pay back millions of dollars. Come on, dude. She's right. not. That's when. That's when I started getting. You know, real skeptical about this whole DD thing as I'm learning the story. I mean, I, right. I knew what happened, obviously, but it's right. just the first time you hear if you wa- if you watch the documentary, like the Crime Watch documentary, the first time you hear anything about being loaned or loaned money is after DD enters the picture. I think honestly, once he got once he got his house and he was paid for, and he got a couple cars that he bought cash, I think he was content, and he probably wouldn't have spent much money other than. You know, and he'd already kind of given yeah. his closest his closest family members and friends. I think he would have lived on whatever few million he had left and hardly spent any of it. Listen, I really do. I think man, he would just he'd, yeah, he was, he was prepared, a simple man. Yeah, he was prepared to live the rest of his life sweeping the floor of a barbershop and just having yeah. a good time with his friends. He was content. Yep. He wouldn't still go to the barbershop and, and work and and see people and pick up pennies if you weren't content. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was. Cool. That's a good point. Like what, the fact that he was still going to that barbershop and sweeping up tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. He didn't like. He didn't drive by at, with his middle finger out the beamer to the to Greg Smith. You know, like driving no. by the bar, the barbershop like fuck you. <laughs> like, right. Exactly. He's he, he still liked his lifestyle. He just now he didn't have to grind for every penny, and he had a beautiful home to go to. You know. And as we all know, work is so much easier to do when you don't have to do it. Right. When it you don't is. have to be there, you don't have to so much easier yeah. 
Um, so she's uh, Didi is still kind of trying to trying to carry on this this lie that he uh, Abraham is off on this elaborate vacation, traveling around, getting away from everybody, and and his family's starting to look a little bit sideways at it. They're like, I don't know, man. I think we would have heard from him by now, uh, you know. And so she even gets to the point where she has to perpetuate this lie further. She ends up paying barbershop Greg Smith, the owner. Three hundred dollars to impersonate Abraham over the phone to Abraham's mother. Right. She goes to Greg Smith and asks him to, to you know, hey, can you make a phone call for me? Um, call Abraham's mother and uh, just kind of say I'm okay. And he's like, what do you mean? Say you're, I'm okay. Yeah. Like, At first he's not she means okay like, with as this. Abraham. Yeah. Yeah. At first he's not okay with this. Then she's like, I'll give you three hundred dollars. He's like, where's the phone? <laughs> right. He's <laughs> like, like, all I got to do is call up and say I'm, I'm sorry, okay. Like, I can't blame him for that. Like I understand. No. I mean, the man's struggling. Shit, I would make a phone call for three hundred dollars, hands yeah, down. Yeah, and he and he at this point he was at this point he still was convinced that he was going to hear from Abraham soon. That he was he he was still right. The he way- was still kind of of the belief that Abraham just was wanted to get away, and he actually thought that he he even thought that Abraham just wanted to get away from Dee Dee, not away from everybody else. He exactly. was like this, this. He wants to get away from this bitch. Yeah, exactly. So I, I can and see he why thought, he would run away. Right, and he thought that you know, worst case scenario. Um, Abraham just doesn't want to be heard from, and I'm just going to give his mom some comfort into knowing mm-hmm. that that he's okay, you know. And of course, you never jump to the fact that somebody's going to kill somebody. You know what I mean? Right. Like you just don't jump to that right away, mm-hmm. even if it is someone you're not you're not so close to, like Dee Dee. But you just don't think that your friend, you know, a friend of many years, is just going to disappear like this. You just don't. Right. It, it, I don't think that was in his mind at this point. Yeah. So the stage for this phony phone call was actually pretty brilliant on Dee Dee's part. She takes Abraham's mother to a restaurant, a very loud and uh, crowded restaurant, intentionally, just mm-hmm. to kind of make the phone call. Because, I mean, she knows that you have to convince a mother that some guy that she doesn't know is her son. Yeah, good luck. Uh, over the, even over the phone, mothers, they know. They know, the, yeah. they know the cadence of their child's voice. They know the, the exact tone of their, their son's voice. So. Yep. Um, yeah, they go to this this restaurant, and uh, Dee Dee tells Greg to go ahead and call. Um, and, and as the call's coming through, Dee Dee's like, "That could be your son. That could be your son. Answer it." <laughs> and so uh, wow. she answers, and it's Greg, and he's he's saying, "Hey, Mama," and she's like, "Who's this?" <laughs> right away, she's right away. She ain't buying <laughs> she that knew. shit. Yeah. So Greg actually had to go as far as to say that uh, he was he he had a cold, mm-hmm. and that he would be home soon, and that uh, everything was fine. He was going to be home soon. And so the mother finally uh, kind of bought into it. I think she just wanted to believe it, you know. She did, and she still may not have. But right, the old classic—it's a cold thing, you know, because they saw each other all the time too. It's not like they lived in different states, and she hadn't right. heard from him in a while. Like she lived in Florida too. I mean, he he came by. I all think the he time. lived with her. I mean, he 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 lived at her house before before winning the lotto. Oh shit! Did he? Because I mean. Yeah, remember oh. he he had no drivers like he had nothing. I oh, mean, he had right. he $5 in his pocket. He had no drivers. He was living with his mom following those two stints in prison. Yeah. So he yeah, she wasn't fooled by that. I mean, even with all the commotion, you know, she might have had the benefit of I mean, she might have given the benefit of the doubt, but I don't think she was convinced. Like you said, it, yeah. it's hard to convince a mother that someone is their child when they ain't. A mother's going right. to know. Yeah. And so following making that fake phone call, Greg became more concerned. Um, maybe he started thinking like, oh, this is this is just weird. You know, she asks me to make this phone call and he mm-hmm. starts really thinking on it. So he actually calls Abraham and leaves a voicemail saying, you know, hey, man, I, I want to hear from you. Give me a call. He almost immediately gets a text back, which said, quote, I'll call you in a little while. Uh-oh. He he knew right away this couldn't be his friend who was known for by ev- just about everyone he knew to be as we said on the fringe of illiterate he 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 wouldn't have been able to write even that cohesive of a just a one sentence you right. know I'll call you in a little while that just didn't sound like Abraham to him right Abraham more likely would have called back because he has a hard time writing yeah. and reading so Abraham's the guy was the guy that when you texted him he would call you immediately be like son of a bitch yeah <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> right <laughs> that's what my that's mom what my mom hate. will do you one better she'll text back and then immediately you get the text and then the call comes through and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> what was the point of the text yeah <laughs> she, and she says the exact thing she just texts it back yeah. she's like I don't yeah. understand what this is about she just wants to talk a little further you need further clarification right. but she doesn't feel like texting yeah right I know it's hilarious. So, also, by the time the phony phone call was made, 
Police had already been made aware of Abraham's disappearance and were tracking Didi. They witnessed the payment of $300 to Greg Smith for that fo- fake phone call. So she, she pays him the $300 out in public. You know, they had been in separate locations, Didi being with uh, Abraham's mother at the restaurant. So the yeah. next day, I think they met up outdoors somewhere and the cops were actually tracking Didi at this point. So they, she, they see him, um, her give him $300. And now they're thinking that this is some kind of a... They're, they're probably thinking Greg Smith was paid by her to kill Abraham yeah, of at course. this point. Of course they're gonna arrest they're gonna arrest the black barber. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. It's like <laughs> they, paid as soon as they witness her with a black guy, they're like, Oh, arrest that guy. Let's, let's right. <laughs> Yeah, so they, they go ahead and they they go ahead and arrest Greg Smith. Um um However, when they get him, they sit him down. His just everything about him is saying that he's telling the truth. He's not nervous. He's just kinda like, I don't He's got he nothing tells to hide. Them, yeah, he tells them that he didn't have anything to do with his friend's disappearance. Um, but he they ask him if they were if he's willing to help to avoid any legal repercussions because he's now been involved in covering up a potential murder, whether mm-hmm. he was aware of it or not, by making that phone call. Right. They say, okay, well, you can either go down for some whatever charges we can muster up uh, against you, or you can help us. And, you know, Greg being from the streets, owning a barbershop, he wasn't the type to, to rat on anybody. Yeah. He did but not want to help knew, the police. Yeah, but he was he he knew Abraham to be such a good guy that he was just like any he's if if he's told that potentially Didi killed his good friend, then she deserves to go down. Right. And and also Abraham deserves justice. He he wanted to help just to kind of Well, Abraham just bring, gave him sixty three thousand dollars. Yeah, he deserves right. some justice. I mean, damn. Right. He he basically yeah. saved his mother's house, uh, Greg's mother's house, you know. Yep. So. Yeah, so he decides against his his instincts to go ahead and wear a wire for the next meeting that he had with Didi to talk about Abraham. Um, however, the first time they meet while he's wearing the wire, Didi is very suspicious and almost discovers it when she spontaneously yanks at his shirt saying, are you wearing a wire? Holy, that's <laughs> something like, out of a movie, damn. dude. That's right? Just, right? That's something straight out of a movie. I wonder if it was his behavior. I wonder if he was acting differently because he had the wire. You know, he'd never done anything like that. Right, he buttoned his shirt all the way up to the top button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gave it he's away. all nervous. Super suspicious. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Um, he he then reacts by telling her, "What the hell's wrong with you? Get the hell out of my car! I don't want anything to do with you." And he, so yeah. he plays it right. You know, yep. he, he does the right thing there and kind of gets rid of her suspicion. Well, he threw it back he on then, her. He's like, "You don't trust me? Then I don't trust you. Get away from me!" Right. You yeah. Know? Then I ain't gonna help you. Yeah. Yeah. So he then devises his own plan. Actually, he's sitting there drinking a Red Bull when he when he gets the idea to uh, cut the top off the Red Bull. And maybe put the microphone down in there. So he mm-hmm. tries it. He puts the microphone down in there. He sticks a little piece of foam over that to kind of add some weight to the can. Right. Um, and then he he decides that he's going to set that can on the console between the two of them the next time they have a you know a little meeting in the car. And he would use pretend to use that can as like an ashtray while he's smoking a cigarette. So yeah. it's in a perfect location to be able to hear the conversation clearly. Worked out beautifully because you can actually. I guess we should mention that there's a like a three part. Is it three parts on YouTube about this case? Yeah, the Crime Watch doc. Yeah, yeah, Crime Watch doc, and you, there's actually uh, the audio from their meeting in the car. They they he captured beautiful audio. It turned from out these really good. I was surprised because I was like, oh man, yeah. this is going to sound muffled and echoey as shit if the mic's down in a can. But no, it, right. it actually it worked out pretty good. Maybe it even amplified their voices a little bit. Right. Yeah, it worked out good. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, very clever, and the, and the cops were pretty impressed by his his uh, his composure in their conversations, and also the idea to with the uh, Red Bull can. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. So uh, during their next conversation, Dee Dee tells Greg that she's scared of a man named Ronald, a drug dealer that's been threatening her, and she believes that he killed Abraham. She even says that this guy is very dangerous, and that she he threatened to kill her son. Man, it is sickening how often she used her son in this to try and get herself off in multiple occasions. When, she tries to say that people are threatening her son's life, and it's it's unbelievable. Three separate occasions I can think of, yeah. but we'll get to those. Isn't her son? Wasn't her son only a young teenager too? He was only like he's four, fourteen. Fourteen, yeah, yeah. God. She then asks Greg. So she's come up with this fictitious man named Ronald, who supposedly killed Abraham and is mm-hmm. threatening her now. Right. Why he would kill Abraham and why he's now threatening her and everything is beyond me. But yeah. Um, she then asks Greg if he knew someone who would be willing to take the fall for Abraham's murder. Um, she, so it's, it's like, okay, this guy's threatening me. He killed Abraham. And now I need someone to, to pretend they killed Abraham and take the fall for it. Why? Yeah. So you could protect this Ronald character. Why right. wouldn't you just go to it's the like, police and say Ronald killed him? 
Yeah. Why are we finding know, somebody to pretend when you already know who <laughs> yeah. killed it? I, she's I, so fucking, she's so tripping, dude. I don't she understand. Is. She was panicking. She did not think this through yeah. at all. No. Um, Greg said he knew a guy that was about to be spending many years in prison who would take the fall for the right price. The man was, of course, an undercover police officer. Of the police were like, hell yeah, we got it. We, we'll just, we'll just this bring was up so an officer. Easy. They, this was got to be one of the easiest things they've ever done, man. This it was is, probably fun for them at this point. It was. It was. Um, the man came along on the next meeting and sat in the back seat of the car and told Didi that he wanted 50K to take the rap for Abraham's murder. He told her that he would need the murder weapon and the location of the body, of course, if it was, if right. he needed evidence. If I mean, he was going to take sense, the fall for this right? murder, he, he needs to know where the body is because he killed him, apparently, and right. he needs the gun. Um, amazingly, she agrees. She, uh, she decides that at the next meeting, she's going to bring them the gun that she, or whoever, Ronald used to kill Abraham, Ronald. Mm-hmm. Um, she brings the gun that she she used, as we know, yeah. to kill Abraham, which was a hammerless Smith and Wesson snub nose thirty eight special with that's a laser. A dope, that's a badass gun, though. To be honest, it was actually I yeah, a pretty sick gun. Those revolvers. Yeah, yeah. and police uh, found records of Dee Dee having purchased that gun at a local gun shop, and also found out that she'd been taking training and taking it to the to the gun range to shoot the gun as well. So they've got, I mean, they've got her dead to rights yeah. already, and now she's about to make it even worse by showing. Showing uh, Greg where the body is as well. <laughs> Dee Dee then takes Greg to a property she owns in Plant City, Florida, and shows him a recently poured slab of concrete where she uh, says Abraham is underneath. And it's just a random slab of concrete too. It's not like out in front right? of a building. It's not. Uh, it's like near it, your driveway. It, it, it's just in the backyard. It's just yeah. Like, it's literally just like a lot. Like <laughs> it, it, it's a piece of property she owns. I don't think I don't even think there's a house on it. Right. It's just kind of like shrubs and shit. It's like yeah. unfinished land. Yeah. And then there's this random slab of concrete think, in the middle of the fucking thing actually, that she paid to have poured. And, <laughs> I think there was a house on it. I think, but it was it oh, was, was nothing there? extravagant. It was just like a small okay. like split level house. You know, like they were built in the seventies. Yeah. But the slab was yeah. like out in the middle of the yard, yeah. like in a place that made no sense. Yeah, it did. It made no sense. She had like a swing set on it and some shit <laughs> or something. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, she basically had hired a company to... She had hired her ex-husband to use his backhoe to dig the hole, and she was telling right. him that she wanted a pit to burn trash in, which is so illegal, first of all. Right. <laughs> it's like, doesn't make any fucking sense. Why do you need um, a pit that big? <laughs> How much right. trash do you have? Do you even right. live it was here? nine well, feet no, fucking but, deep. Oh, my God. Yeah, she then hired a, a company to pour the concrete, telling them that she wanted this pad of concrete in the middle of the lot and in the, a really random area to just park like a boat on. It's yeah. like, okay. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when, uh, when, after she had taken Greg there to, uh, to show where the, this pad of concrete where the body was, the police, that's all they needed. They got a search warrant the next day and got to digging with their heavy equipment, and they dug up the hole and nine feet down, was the body of Abraham. Um, he'd been shot multiple times in the chest and stomach. Yeah. Dee Dee was then subsequently charged with murder, and that's where her elaborate lying just gets even worse. Um, uh, she she tried to say that uh, she had nothing to do with it, with it, that it was this Ronald character, but when they confronted her on Ronald and they said, dude, come on, Ronald doesn't exist and you know it, she then broke down and tried to say that her 14-year-old son, here's where she uses him again. First, you know, earlier she said that her 14-year-old son was being threatened by this Ronald character, that he was, Ronald said he was going to kill her son, and now she's saying that her 14-year-old son was the one that killed Abraham in her office. You know, her 14-year-old son shot, Ron, uh, yeah, she, shot Abraham. She was saying that Abraham tried to attack her, and then her son came in and, and was, shot him. was protecting her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. She's so right. full of shit, man. Yeah, and then... After she she that she gives up on that story, she tries to say that the police framed her and that the police were threatening to kill her son and that they were gonna she was gonna find his chopped up body on her doorstep. This is how sick this woman is. She's used her son three times, her teenage son, as a means to try and get off uh, for killing a man. Mm. That, that's heartless, man. That's heart. Any any person, any mother that would throw their child under the bus. <clears throat> that that's everything you need to know about yeah. why this woman did this or how she she's, could have done it that that's everything you need to know right there yeah she's a she's such a she's just a, a selfish compulsive liar she's a sociopath um, she was interviewed they they went and interviewed her at crime watch they went and interviewed her in um, oh, in prison I got and nowhere. you could just see the you could just see the, the i don't know i don't even know what to really i, I guess narcissism or it's it, it's like this it's like it was almost uh, like Diane Diane Downs esque you know yes. like that level of Disillusion. 
You yeah, know? disillusioned. Yeah, it's like, are you even here? Do you even live in this world? Do you really think people are buying the bullshit that's coming out of your mouth right now? Right. How? Like, because because she really does buy it. Everything, even even she if thought she could just put on the fake tears and people would would just kind of like feel compelled to believe her because they feel bad for her. No one feel, yeah. feels bad for you. <laughs> no right. one. Well, that's probably got her out of most of her situations in her life and got her right. where she is. But when you kill somebody, uh, it takes a lot more than some tears to cover that. And shit there's freaking mounds of evidence that you did so. Yeah, exactly. and your story keeps changing and yeah. getting more sick by the minute. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, so Dee Moore would be subsequently found guilty and charged to life without parole. Um, and then strangely, in 2017, 42-year-old Antoinette Andrews, Abraham's ex-girlfriend and mother of one of his children, became a lottery winner herself after a $20 Monopoly scratch-off ticket won her a million dollars. She said, quote, I'm a little scared. It doesn't seem real still. And so, of course, she was scared because she saw what happened with her with her ex and her, right. her baby daddy that... Uh, you know, he'd been killed by a greedy person after he won the lottery, and now she's got to deal with the same thing. So, yeah. Well, hopefully, she learned from his mistakes and put that shit away and didn't trust nobody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because money changes people, man. Even people close to you, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And here's some good, some good that came out of it. The courts had decided that Moses Shakespeare, who was uh, Abraham's son, would get one million dollars of his father's earnings. Um, once he turned 18 to make up for lost child support and also just kind of give him a nice uh, fund to get his life started. I love the biblical names, man. He went with Moses for the son. That's pretty cool. <laughs> right. It's Abraham and Moses. That's, that's kind of cool. Shakespeare's. <laughs> yeah. Their, their names are so names. timeless. Some timeless names right there. Right. Those are pretty cool. Yeah, so that about does it for part one of the Not So Lucky Lotto winner series that we're doing. Um, we'll, we'll see how long it goes. It could just be next week. It could, you know, do a mashup and be done with it, or we could carry it on. It tells what you guys think. If you like this concept, if you want us to keep going with it, or I mean, if the cases uh, are this in depth and this interesting, man, right? I, I we like could these. keep it going then. But yeah, I so. love this this Abraham case. I, I can't believe I hadn't heard about this, but this is <laughs> this was interesting. This is a great idea, by the way, man. Props. Thank it's you. Great idea. I don't know how. I don't know. Just kind of. I don't know where it came from. Sometimes it just happens. Yeah, I'm just brilliant like that. You know, that yeah. sounded so douchey what I just said. I don't know. Sometimes, you know, brilliant ideas, they just pop in my head. <laughs> <It> just, <laughs> well, I know that sounds douchey, but that's that's literally how ideas work. I mean, it's, I know, right? it's, it's just it's, being it's specific. <laughs> it's like literally, I got yeah, this idea. Yeah, sometimes you just pop up out of bed at night and you're just like, whoa. What the, Dude, I, give, that, me a note, give me a notepad. Yeah, that's one habit I have gotten into in my life. When I have a creative idea, I jot Write that down. shit down. I put it in the notes yeah, in my phone or I write it down somewhere. Or I tell somebody about it, or something, some way of documenting it, documenting it, so I can come back to that idea later. Because I've lost so many ideas. There's been times I'll like, I'll be falling asleep, and I'm like, oh my god, that's a great idea. I'm gonna do a segment on that for for this show or for True Crime Guys or whatever. And I'll wake up and be like, totally forgot what I was gonna do. And it was <laughs> and it was like a no brainer that night before. You know, it was just right. like, oh, this is gonna be great. And I'll that's how I'll do it, and then I'll fall asleep. It's gone, man. You gotta you gotta write those ideas down because inspiration is it's uh it's scarce sometimes. Very scarce. Yep. You gotta capture it. Just like you know what else you gotta capture. What's that? You gotta capture that bad BO in your pits with some oh my guy. Oh, you gotta capture it, man. Keep it in there and then let the good stuff yeah. out, right? Yeah. Oh my Gaia. Oh My Gaia is an innovative, all-natural deodorant, fragrance, and beard oil company specializing in paraben and aluminum-free products. Their innovative line of deodorants inhibit the growth of odor-causing bacteria while maintaining effectiveness. At Oh My Gaia, they use only all-natural, paraben, and aluminum-free organic ingredients. I'm rocking some Egyptian musk today, man. I'm really, I'm, I'm really back on the Egyptian musk chain, as, as, this, uh, as if you guys haven't noticed. I've been wearing that quite a bit. Uh, there's tons. Of, what are we? I don't know today, that I've Lauren? tried that one. I don't know that I've tried that one. Ah, oh, man, I love it, dude. That's that's one of my favorites. You know what? Today, I actually stole some of my wife's pear to give it a try. Oh, Delicious. what do you think? Awesome. It, oh. it, it's, it's very unisex. It just smells like, you know, pear. Pear is yeah. not necessarily feminine or masculine. It's kind of... Right. Everybody likes smells pears. smells good. Yeah. yeah. Pears are great. And there's tons of other scents, too, guys. Vanilla, cherry almond, sandalwood, lavender, lemongrass, <laughs> uh, coconut, dreamsicle, leather, lumberjack, honeysuckle, fireside. Um, and then we have our very own scent called True Crime Pine. Um, and also pear, as Lauren's uh, just suggested. But yeah, and we just gave pine. away three jars of in the yes, last three weeks. So that's right. Hopefully, you guys uh, that are getting those very soon, if you haven't already gotten them, post and tell us what you think. Yeah, I think some people probably already have. 
Um, yeah. But we have our very own scent called True Crime Pine. It's also a, a unisex scent. Very cool. Has our old our old mugshot logo on it, which the mugshot logo is no more. If you haven't noticed. Oh yeah, we haven't really talked about it on the show yet that we Moving got a new on. logo. I'm sure you're looking at it right now as you listen to the show. Um, yeah. That was brought upon by a listener who told us that our last uh, our last logo with the headshots, when one of us, I think it was me, appeared to look eerily similar to Chris Watson. I was like, nah, we can't have that. We no, got to change it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah. a kid killer. I'm sorry. Yeah, we got to swap that up. It was time, anyways. You know, we've had we've yeah. had it for a while. It was time for an update, and um, but I'm pretty happy with it. I think it captures. It captures our uh, seriousness with also a little bit of tongue and cheek humor there. With yeah, yeah. which kind of represents. And it catches the eye. That's really what a good logo has to do. It has to be vibrant and really, you know, when you're scrolling through right. the endless stream of podcasts that are available out there, you kind of kind of stick out a little bit. I think that's that we right. captured that with this logo. And a fun little uh, fun little story there. That is uh, the Nevada desert in the background of that logo. That is a picture yeah, I actually boy. took. So that is uh, that's the real deal right there. But yep. back to oh my Gaia real quick. Uh, <laughs> we got, yeah, got a little track. Sorry, sorry, Wendy. We're getting back to your yeah. ad now, though. Uh, because you guys are True Crime Guys listeners, you can use the word Creeper, C-R-E-E-P-E-R, and you can get 15% off your order at shop underscore oh my Gaia on Instagram or ohmygaia.com. And that's O-H-M-Y-G-A-I-A.com. Guys, you won't regret it. Uh, it's the best natural deodorant out there, honestly, for the it money. Is. The packaging, uh, for the for the selection choices. There's also have beard oil, and uh, scented oil as well for the ladies. Um, so, but most importantly for the quality of the product itself, it no feels doubt. so good in your pits. It smells good, and it feels light. It feels and clean. it's all natural. It doesn't stain yep. your clothes. You know what I mean? It's not yep. it's not a white streak running down your ribs if you're sweating. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's it's quality quality stuff, man. Yeah, you put it in, you forget it's there, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Why do I smell good when I smell when I sweat?" Wow, <laughs> I smell amazing! Oh my Gaia. <laughs> all right, well, let's get to some people that took the time to go rate and review the show on iTunes uh, since last week. I want to thank Lila eight twenty two said that we help her on her long commute to work and back. Um, five stars, thank you. Uh, Erica Page said, "Love you guys. Just found you recently, starting from the beginning. You guys are great. Thank you." Uh, Prince of Pancakes in the U.S. said five star men. Uh, oh, this is the one that they that gave us one star accidentally last week, I believe. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, they went and fixed it. They apologized, and I was like, dude, it's all good. That was one of the best reviews we've ever had. It just was unfortunate oh. that it was one star. So they went oh, and fixed that. Oh, that's the one that captured like everything about our. They captured like yeah. every inside joke we have in our show in like one review. Right. That was awesome. I believe that was the one. Yeah. It says if you love true crime, murder, music, speculation, off-topic banter, slightly twisted humor, cult crap, mispronounced city names, bad accents, Bill Burr impressions. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's us. <laughs> yep. You nailed it. Yeah, yeah, and oh my god! Also, they, and they also said order some oh my guy too. There so, you go, there you go. Perfect review right there. Um, then I, I want to thank uh, Audrey and OK. So Audrey in Oklahoma, Oklahoma uh, said love y'all five stars. Also love the music, especially the outro. Oh, thank you, Audrey. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Yeah, it's okay. It's fine. Yeah. Stick around. Uh, I want to say thank you to NorCal Portuguese, Portuguese. Huge fan. About six months ago, I was looking for a new true crime podcast to listen to my three-hour commute home. Jesus, I man, I thought I had a long commute, like forty-five three hour minutes. Three-hour commute, home. three home? hours. That's brutal. Ooh, Jesus, yeah, is brutal, that every man. day? I wonder. Is that every I, day? I hope not, that's man. six that's hours rough. on the road plus your eight-hour workday. No, yeah, no, that's no. rough. That's rough. Um, also, Brian and Andy in the U.S. said, "Awesome. Look forward to the episodes every week. Hilarious and great. Five stars. Thank you." Uh, Miss Marshy P said, better than awesome show. Five stars. Thank you. Um, 67M for BTS said, five stars, not for the show, not the, for the show, not the accents. This one's kind of <laughs> cool. They said, uh, just started listening and already hooked. Thanks for giving me another true crime podcast to listen to. I've been sharing with my friends and roommates. A majority of us are actual criminal justice majors with uh, some in forensic science, and it's dope to have something that's informative, but not. Oh, no, I gotta click on it because it's too long. Oh gosh, but uh, but not too serious. Also, one of our professors plays True Crime podcasts every Friday, and a class of forty-five listened to your Eric Smith episode via Zoom, and they loved it. What the hell? Oh wow! You okay. know that's where I, that's one area of our show where I always get a little bit insecure. Where I'm like, I don't know. I, I, we don't have any 
formal education on uh, like criminology or anything like that. We don't have any degrees. We're just a couple of schmucks that yeah. have normal day jobs and, and record a podcast, you know? So when we hear from people who actually study criminology and, and have degrees and things like that, it's pretty cool to hear that they actually like it, you know, that they're not just sitting there rolling their eyes the whole time. <laughs> I we, agree. I, mean, I agree. It is. It's, it's, um, it's not humbling really, but it, all we do is we put in work to, to try and understand it. We've read a lot right. of books on serial killers and on criminology and stuff. And it does not by any means give us a, a degree or anything like that but i mean I, we've we've at least put an effort to try and understand how the justice system works and all that stuff so right if well, we're I doing think, okay at it then that sounds good and i think it's the levity that they that people appreciate the most honestly yeah, we're not I coming across is. like we're trying to lecture lecture you guys or anything right. like we, we're trying we to be anymore. dark and creepy we're just we're just talking yeah. about crime like people like to do and i think as yeah, a as exactly. a criminal justice major you hear enough bad shit you, you hear enough dark stuff like we enough always bad do. stuff and enough legal m- m- mumbo jumbo too right 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 so all right and the last one i want to say thanks to brie and jack uh five stars um and said that uh, they've never written a review on a podcast before except for ours so thank you that was pretty flattering yeah absolutely the only one they've written they've felt compelled to go write a review on so yeah well thank you you should review other podcasts you like though yeah. Hey, wasn't there someone that uh, messaged us on Instagram uh, that said that they had written a review a long time ago and they never got a shout out and they're from, what was it? they were from another country and they were wondering if, if we don't see those ones or something. Oh, yeah. Honestly, it was I'll from look it up real quick. Finland, if you want to talk about Patreon for I a second think. and I'll find it. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, guys. Patreon.com slash true crime guys. Um, it's a great way to get some extra content, especially if you've burned through all these freeloader episodes. There are, if you don't know, once a month we release a Patreon-exclusive episode that is usually a longer episode. A lot of times they're big hitters in crime. They're like Bundy, Gacy, um, or or different scenarios like um, the Ruby Ridge incident or Jim Jones or things like that. Um, but that's once a month we release those episodes. And for just $2 a month, you guys can get access to those episodes so you can hear True Crime Guys every week. And also, you have access to tons of other bonus recordings. There are some times where Lauren's at work or whatever, and I'll call him, and we'll have we'll have just forty five minutes to an hour conversation about funny things yeah. like mafia slang or or eighteenth uh, century uh, terminology, criminal terminology, or or whatever stuff just we know stuff. nothing about, basically. <laughs> right, right. And it's just it's just a fun conversation, a way to shoot the shit, give you guys some behind the scenes. Yep. And um, but yeah. Also, you get you get what thirty five episodes of Michael's uh, former show, Higher Thoughts, where yes, he used to just kind of sit around and just just talk higher and, th- and like answer listener stuff. And also, we had yeah. Uh, go ahead, uh, Higher Thoughts. Sorry. Oh, I was going to say with with Higher Thoughts, uh, we had Esther Ludlow on an episode yep. from Once Upon a yep. Crime. Um, Lauren, um, me and Lauren have was been on at on least a couple episodes. A couple episodes, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then. There's there's been some I, I called some friends from back home when I was living in Vegas. Uh, there's people on there. My wife is on there a lot. We have a lot of conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, Higher thoughts is a great is a great palate cleanser if you're looking for something yeah. something to kind of take your mind off true crime, or just to get to know us a little bit better, or you know just to hear some different things. I, I do a lot of different musical things on there as well, or I did. Um, but yeah, so that's. Yeah, you get like 35 so, episodes, 35 like start episodes. to finish. The it's, whole Higher Thoughts series is part yeah, of our Patreon. For two bucks a month, you get access to that. There's right. also been a few occurrences where we've uh, actually had conversations with uh, patron members and listeners of the show. Yes. There's a few of those recordings. on. There's so much crap. There's like 130 or plus audio recordings on Patreon. You get access to all that for two bucks a month. Yep. Um, and if you want to go five bucks, you get the, the very prestigious gold Creep Van sticker, which a select few people in the world have. So that gets you access to that. Only so. way to get it. Yeah, the only way to get is five dollar patron. patron. That's right. Yep. We even if you offered us five hundred dollars, we would say no. You have to become a five dollar patron, and then we'll send you a gold sticker. You know, like, there's no way to get it other there's than no other way to get patron. it. We we got to hold to those. Yeah. We got to hold to those yeah. those limits. Yeah. Sorry, um, but yeah. So that's that's the true crime guys uh, productions there as far as that goes. And then if you are a patron and you're already caught up on all that stuff, and that's still not enough for you. Uh, we have a whole nother show that we started about, let's see, what is it, 14 weeks ago now, called Strange and Unexplained. Uh, the new episode just released uh, this past Monday, and it was yep. on um, a little town in Kentucky called Bardstown. If you haven't checked Bardstown. this out, you should check out Google Bardstown Murders. 
and uh, go down. There's also a great podcast series that was done on it as well. Yes, I mentioned that in called the show. Bardstown. Yeah, I mentioned yeah. that in the, in the episode. Um, very strange. It was recommended by three or four different uh, listeners, so I had to do it on Strange and Unexplained. But yeah, so if you guys get caught up on True Crime Guys and you want to support some of our other work, we have Strange and Unexplained. Uh, like I said, it's a new show. It, it focuses more on unsolved, uh, missing persons, things like that. Um, but it, there's also a Patreon for that as well. It's patreon.com slash podcast. But we'd appreciate you guys if you at least check it out on the free platform, leave a review, tell your friends. We appreciate it, guys. That's the best way to spread the word for the show. Tell your friends, downloads, subscribes. That's how that's how we grow this thing. If you guys want to unsubscribe and then resubscribe, that might be the best way. <laughs> Frankly, if we're trying it, to, it seems like it, right? To climb the charts. That's yeah. apparently what you, what has to happen. Maybe and we also, try and experiment to try and cheat the system. You guys unsubscribe and then resubscribe when yes. you listen to this real quick and see what happens. See if we shoot to the top of the charts because that's apparently how the charts work is by off of subscriptions in a day or some shit. Maybe for one day we'll be kings. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it, <laughs> see, it only takes a few days up there, and, and you kind of can start getting that snowball effect, you know, with new yeah, listeners. true. More people will find it because it's high on the because list. Because so. it's up there. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We all, so. I mean, ultimately, we're, we're still happy with where we're at, um, but it would just be kind of funny to see what it would happen if that's how, if we, if that's how it works. Because reviews apparently are not how you climb the charts. That being said, we still are so appreciative of people that leave reviews because it's just a good kind of um, marker for how where we're at. You know, seeing that that many people have felt compelled to go write a review, they like the mm-hmm. show that much. Over yeah. sixteen hundred people now, or hated the show that much. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, that 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 leads me to Sam in Norway, who uh, we kind of mentioned a minute ago. She never got a shout out. Um, uh, I guess she left a review like a year ago. So oh, thanks shit. to Sam in Norway for leaving us that review a year ago. And here's Thank your you shout Sam. out, Sam. Appreciate that very much. And that about does it, guys. Thanks for tuning in for another episode. And uh, we'll see you next week for some more uh, unfortunate lottery winners. <laughs> yes, we will. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Keep creeping. Keep creeping, guys. In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the Creeper Army. We out here making murder, get murder, get murder. True Crime In the desert, we like a mirage. It's okay if you clicked on us because you thought we was True Crime Garage. Now we ain't mad at you. Sit down, let us talk at you. I'm talking to the creeper army. We out here making murder charming.